friends, welcome to another episode of Gear Related, a peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. <laughs> so much scandal, the last episode in this one. <laughs> I'm really excited. I am uh, your co-host, Heather. And I'm your co-host, Ben. And I don't know any of the scandal coming up. Well, I don't know how, how uh, excuse me, if I could figure out a way to talk correctly. I don't, don't know how much... <laughs> Yeah, scandal we're going to cover in, in uh, part two of, uh, of our Volkswagen well, origin listen, story. I'm just going to recap. Okay. Okay. So Volkswagen, mm-hmm. the people's car, right? initially started by Adolf Hitler. That's correct. As the strength through joy car that he made a special factory. I've actually been uh, told. That got usurped. I've actually been told, too, that there are, there are some... Uh, there are some people that still will not buy a Volkswagen because of where it was founded. But I would like to point out that the design of the Volkswagen comes from a Jewish designer. So right. that's a that's my the my silver lining that I like to add in there. It's it's a good one. So the factory now has sort of been taken over because dun 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 war. Right. So right. now we gotta build some war stuff. So we're not going to cover about, and like I said, we're doing a origin story for Volkswagen, not uh, a World War, war, times. war, so war we're II history podcast. Yes, hit, hit the pause on the Volkswagen. We're going to until come, we fast forward to end of war, right? And we're going to come right to that question that you had asked me last time: if if the strength through joy factory ever got bombed? Oh yeah, I do want to know that now. In this factory, it wasn't really known. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even really on the map. So it did not receive oh, a lot of bombing until secret. until the Allies figured out that this particular plant, while it was building two vehicles, uh, one, one which was the Kubelwagen, which is a wartime uh, vehicle, and the other one was the Schwimmwagen. Please to, to tell me the <laughs> translation of those two. Effectively, the Kubelwagen was the the, uh, the two bucket seat. Um, Jeep-looking vehicle that uh, you see in uh, in some of the movies that the officers are riding uh, around. The in. one it's that got gives the, you a nice pilot idle assist. Yeah, and it's got that that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Don't worry about it. Just let that one go. No pictures of that, please. On you, our you know Instagram. that one with the tire on the front of the car. Yes. Okay. You know what? We'll put pictures of this on Instagram so you guys can take a look at them. But not the pilot idle assist. <laughs> no, please don't. But you could look up Jeep's disease, and then you'll be real smart. Anywho, what was the other uh, one? Sch- Schweine? Schwimmwagen, which directly translates to the swim oh, no. wagon. Did and that yes, thing go in water? It was an amphibious Did car. it look like a little duck? Um, you know, it did not have a swan neck or anything, if that's mm, what you're asking. That's sad. But it was, a, it was a vehicle with tires and a little propeller that could go in water and on land. All right. Unique little vehicle, right? So th- these were two of the vehicles that they were building at the Strength Through Joy um, plant, but they were also producing a number of other munitions, one of which was the V1 buzz bomb. This was like a self-propelled bomb. It was uh, used on on the British quite a bit. And when the Allies figured that that's where they were producing, then this particular plant got a lot more bombs. Big target. yeah. 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 So it became a target. Then after the war... The whole area. Wait, did it get like destroyed or just sort of? Picked, oh no, apart no, they were bit? actually produced, still producing um, weapons and Kubelwagens and Schwimmwagens in this uh, up until the United States military rolled up into strength through Joytown. Aw, 
Now, hit, hit the McDonald's, maybe the Dairy Queen. This is kind of uh, my one of my favorite parts of the podcast because I can stop saying strength through joy because nobody else wanted this plant or this city to be known as the strength through joy town. So Right, because we are done with yeah, Nazis. Yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead and rename it to Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, yeah, which is why... The, Wait, who was the wolf? Was there like a person? Was that the mayor? It was actually named after a castle. In the surrounding area, they you know, they pretty much like. What are we going to call this town? Well, hey, there's Wolfsburg Castle. Let's just call this place Wolf Wolfsburg. Perfect. And everybody's like, great. Stamp it, seal it, ship it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what did they change the factory to then? Or did they just let that slide for a little bit? Well, see, here's the, here's the fun thing. This is one. Of, okay, what we're going to talk about today is a number of reasons why Volkswagen is. St- still alive, why it didn't die right then and there. Right, because you would have thought. And there are so many contributing factors. There are so many things that well, could have, should have, went wrong, and we're going to talk about them. And the first, the first is the United States military rolling up in here and taking over the, the, the town. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a plant manager that uh, his name was Brewerman. Yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun name to say. He basically convinces the United States military. He's like, hey, you know, we can still produce some of these Kubelwagens. They can't produce the Schwimmwagen because it is it is now considered a vehicle that's not allowed to be produced well, duck, because of duck treaties or whatever. Cars yeah. Are yeah, duck cars are very dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> so they convinced the United States military to produce some of these Kubelwagens for them because the the whole the whole of Europe is an infra- infrastructure mess. All these, oh, yeah. they're all the, the the cars, vehicles, everything is just blown to smithereens. And the United States military is kind of like, you guys want to build cars for us? Do it. So at that bro. point, right? Yeah, I'm sure they said bro back. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So the uh, the United States actually ended up. Um, Rudolf Brormann actually persuaded them to build 133 more of these Kubelwagens. Nice. So that kept the factory kind of afloat for the time being. And now they're doing a little bit more on the uppity-up work. Right. Now, this particular part, you know, they're they're dividing up the area between the Russians and the Allies and, and who gets what and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This particular was under British control. The Americans were just the first ones there. So they turn it over to... The Brits, they get their hands on this and they're like, what are we going to do with this factory? And it was slated, like many other factories, to be dismantled, to just be destroyed. Well, that's what we wanted to do. We just, we needed to take everything apart, send it to the four corners of the earth and sweep up all the mess, pretend like it was never there, right? Basically. Okay. So what are their- What their- factory. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or now it's known as the Wolfsburg plant. Oh, right. Wolfsburg right. plant. Um, so they basically look at this factory and you have all these people that are still in this town and trying to figure out what to do with it, whether or not to ship all the equipment out, where to send it, this kind of thing. And this is a point in our story where we come to Major Ivan Hurst. Major Ivan Hurst was in the British military and a member of the Corps of Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers, or the REME. He's fancy. Now, why this was so interesting is because what the REME did during the war is they basically repaired, glued, 
whatever they Jury could. Jury rigged everything. Anything to get the wartime vehicles back on the road. So these are like big plants trying to fix machines of war of all kinds and types. So he's perfectly slated to send over to this factory and figure out what to do with it. Okay. So this, yeah, yeah. let's use this for something. Right. Why not? So he was currently overseeing a tank repair factory in Brussels, and this is what he did. After the war, he borrows a truck, goes to Germany, because he wants to hang out there and see, see what it's all about, see what he can do, try to make a life for himself after the war kind of thing. Uh, he gets into Hanover, and they basically tell him, like, hey, you see that big Nazi factory over there? Yeah, go take care of that. <laughs> so. Oh. He doesn't even have a map of this place. He doesn't know where it is. He doesn't know where Wolfsburg is. He's driving around basically asking for directions. <laughs> a man was asking for directions? I know, well, I he's know. British. Well, and that is actually how he found the plant eventually. He gets there in uh, late August of 1945. And the other problem with Wolfsburg is this place was chosen as a DP camp or a displaced persons camp. Oh, good. And when it, was, when it was still the strength through joy camp, do you think it was fine strapping German citizens who were building all these wartime machines and bombs for, uh, for Germany? Oh, no. No, because those guys were all in the Nazi party doing other stuff. Right. They were, they were on the front lines fighting. Was this like all the women and children? Sweat these were work camps from people all over Europe. So oh, all over Europe. You, and now it's a displaced person's place. So this whole town probably speaks 20 different 75 languages. different languages. I mean, these are people from all over the place. And well, that's kind of uh, cool. Yeah. But Ivan Hurst has got to figure out like, what am I going to do about, what am I going to do with this? Blimey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blimey. Oh wow, you're really throwing me off with your your, I know, uh, I'm sorry. your British accent there. I'm trying to buy you some time as you're flipping your page there, buddy. So he decides, you know, maybe we can get this thing back up on its feet. Now I could not confirm this, but I did read one story where the uh, there was a unexploded ordnance in between two very important pieces of equipment, and if they weren't able to remove this dud we'll call it or whatever it was this could have been the end of volkswagen as we know it great there's another little tidbit for you so he's in charge of putting this this factory back together and trying to use it for something and he has a colonel michael mcavoy who worked for him and he says you know i remember seeing this volkswagen uh beetle well they didn't call it the beetle the kdf wagon I remember seeing it at the Berlin Auto Show in 1939, and I was kind of impressed with it. <laughs> Hearst says, you know, we got one laying around here. Let's slap a coat of khaki paint on it and send it up to headquarters and see what they think of it. And McAvoy's like, that's a great idea. So that's exactly what they did. They found one of these laying around on the factory, uh, on the factory grounds, sent it up to headquarters, painted a khaki, and says, hey, you guys test the crap out of this thing and tell us what you think. We know we all need vehicles here. See if this will work out. They loved it. So they decided, all right, let's build a bunch of these things. Can they not be khaki? <laughs> well, for the military, they were. All right. They painted, um, they painted them khaki. Uh, they painted them in other colors, too. Um, but for the, the most 
use that they had at the beginning was for military ser- uh, service vehicles. Oh, makes sense. Post office wanted a lot of them. Um, now, because of the Allied production, this plan, and here's another reason why Volkswagen is still probably alive today, because Volks- this plant was con- under control of the British government, they had first priority on supplies. Oh. And there are basically no supplies, no infrastructure anywhere. And they've got a whole bunch of people that they're trying to employ that speak all these different languages. I mean, can you imagine the... the Dream job. Absolute mess that that he has to deal with. Yeah, no. I mean, kind of. Working in a hospital's like this. Right. <laughs> so improvisation became kind of the norm almost in every facet of this factory. They were gluing things together. I mean, they were <laughs> sweeping up dirt and you know, whatever. Just, just imagine what they had. They're, they get to the point where they needed tools to build some of these cars, and they didn't have these tools. There was no inventory of the tools. They're using their high heels to hammer yeah. in nails. <laughs> Half of the equipment had been shipped out to other places because they had slated this. Um, right, to be dismantled, right? Right, right. So they had to find all this equipment, try to get it back. Now, meanwhile, as far as on the books are concerned, this factory is still slated for dismantlement. But as long as they're building cars, right, they're not going to do anything with it. Staying alive. Right. They, they're running into every single hiccup problem you can think of. They had a, uh, a carburetor that they needed parts for to put in these cars, and they couldn't get parts for it. So they basically tore it in half, figured out how to make it, and opened up another part of the plant and says, we need, to, we need you to make parts now to put in this car. So they were just... No big deal. Just yeah. Do it. Just trying to figure out any way, shape, or form that they could build one of these cars so that they could get them out. And they had a heck of a time doing it. Seems like it went okay. Eventually, you know, things started to get a little bit better. And it got to the point where in 1948, about about March, now the British government still... So we're like three years later now. Yeah. After the war, okay. Now the British government still technically owns Volkswagen. Okay. And they're trying to get rid of it. They don't want it anymore. So they approach Mr. Henry Ford II. And they're like, hey, do you want Volkswagen? We'll give it to you. And he was kind of a little bit interested. And another... Well, free stuff is cool. Yeah. And another famous, we'll call it maybe blunder because of what Volkswagen is today in history, a man named Ernest Breach, who was Ford's chairman of the board, said to... The Ford board? I'm sorry. I (laughs) had to. The Ford board, right. He says to Mr. Henry Ford II, Mr. Ford... I don't think what we're being offered here is worth a darn. Oh, I'm sorry. He, he said, damn. <gasps> yeah. He's got a nasty mouth. Yeah. So Ford turned Volkswagen down. So the Model T of what became the Model T of Germany could have been actually owned by Ford, but it did not. Interesting Alas. little tidbit there. Yeah. That is kind of interesting. Oh, Henry. So Second. later later in 1949... Uh, the British government actually turned Volkswagen over to the German government, okay. the German federal government. Because they were just like, please, <laughs> they're done, the love they're of done Pete, with it. Just take this thing. And they slowly, slowly but surely found better ways to build this thing, found better infrastructure, better parts, and became what we know them as today. Okay, can I ask a question? Yes, please do. I got to know the 
the translation. I may throw you off here. What does Farfignugan mean? <laughs> okay, so that word is actually a combination of two words joined together. Faren, which means to drive. Ah, okay. And Fernugen, which is pleasure or enjoyment. So Farfignugan is literally enjoying to drive or driving so, pleasure. So instead of strength or joy car, we have journey joy Driving joy. Well, eventually they did drop the whole KDF thing from the car and started calling them the Beetle. And yeah, because they right. they wanted to get away. And then he came out with the Wolfsburg, the Wolfsburg edition uh, on other cars like the Passat. So this is really we're still not up to the uh, to the now. We got we got some more that we could talk about with Volkswagen. We could, but I didn't go too much further into... Because um, this is more the origin story. Exactly, exactly. I wanted to cover all the uh, the hiccups along the way. Like, it was... When I did my research on this, it was just unfathomable to me how many things could have ended Volkswagen for good. And mm-hmm. it just never would have came to be. It was not in the plans. But through the, the, the acts of... Um, United States military having them build 133 Kubel wagons to the British government taking control and saying, yeah, you know what? Let's keep building cars. The, the dud bomb. The dud bomb, yeah. The idiocy of Henry Ford Jr., the second. <laughs> yeah. Esquire. Who knows what he would have done with it, yeah. whether he would have kept the Volkswagen badge or not. Well, I'm still saying at some point we're going to revisit this Volkswagen just get a little more up to date. Yeah, we can do that. We can actually talk about how uh, the we Wolfs- just de- mm-hmm. <laughs> well, just the, just to tie it all in, we could talk about how not what ten some odd years ago they had to remove another exploded bomb from the oh. Wolfsburg plant because they're see still- now you're giving away the juicy <laughs> still Stop. finding World War II era bombs on the plant. I'm site. sure that's happening everywhere, which is yeah. like the scariest. Well, I hope you guys really enjoyed uh, my our uh, part one and part two origin story of Volkswagen. And if if I left anything out, please, by all means, correct me. Absolutely. And and if there's another company that you're like, mm-hmm, this one needs to be covered. Yeah. You let us know. Yeah. If you liked this, we could definitely do some more origin stories for. Oh my cars. gosh! There's a lot of companies, and there are some stories. And as always, you know where to find us on the Twitter, at Show Auto. That's S-C-H-O-E-N. Find us on Facebook. Check out our photos on Instagram. Hopefully, uh, you guys can see some of the nice little uh, additions to this podcast. And wherever you listen to your podcast, would you please do us a solid? Go there. Hit hit some stars. Hopefully, the ones towards, you know, the... the all lit up stars like the five. Yeah, we like we, we like it when all the stars are aglow. And you know, just a little say a little something nice. Send us some love. Just a little bit would be great. Until and also have a fantastic week. Yes, please do. Until then. <laughs>